Russell's Reserve, aged tenure, or is it Russ, or Bill, or Bob, or Joe, or a random string of letters and numbers, or a series of Twitter eggs? Which is it? Which is it, Russell, or Bob, or Bill? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I sometimes I like to go by Russ. Sometimes I've been known to go as RJ. Sometimes as Russell. Um, other times as at Joy on Broad. Do you remember last week when we were talking about how there can sometimes not be discussable things in the off season? Yeah, the thing uh, that we got those... slaughtered for in the comments. Yeah, that. Yeah, I remember. The... I actually didn't see the comments. I actually got thoughtful emails on the topic. This is why you stay out of the comments, because reading the comments takes you down a dark hole that you don't come back from, potentially lose your job over, and potentially, as some would say, get ostracized from the sport that you so love. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get there, um, do you have anything discussable worth discussing today? Um, you know, other than the fact that our... Uh, Dark Lord Sam Hinkie was thrown out of the NBA for being too much of an embarrassment, only to be replaced by a guy who was hired by his daddy and now apparently had five uh, burner accounts. No, other than that, I don't know if there's anything to talk about, Kyle. This is this is uh, right. This is this is our wheelhouse. This is this the is most embarrassing thing wheelhouse. that has ever happened to the city of Philadelphia. By it is a not front, by a front office executive <laughs> who's supposed to be the embodiment of what the league claims is professionalism. This dude went out and pulled the senior citizen move of, oh, I started a Twitter account. Oh, I forget the password. I'm going to start another one. And then pretty soon he eventually recovered all the passwords and tried to juggle five. This is why you don't try to juggle multiple Twitter accounts because inevitably, like Kevin Durant uh, before him and Steve Kerr before him, you're going to screw it up. So um, for those who who don't know because this story broke relatively late last night in the nine o'clock hour the article by ben is it dietrich or detrick it's dietrich ben dietrich of the ringer was i didn't do a word count it's got to be three thousand words at least um you figure this is a mobile hour that's a lot of words to read on a phone um so i'm guessing a decent number of of normal people who aren't complete um you know losers like you and i and, and our uh, circle of Twitter uh, folks haven't read every single word of it and certainly weren't up till 2 a.m. to kind of follow the developments as they happened. So uh, here we sit at 6.30 in the morning. Here's a brief recap. Uh, and I'm going to make it brief, if, so if you do know the story, stick with us. Here's a brief recap of what happened. So Ben Dietrich writes this article. He had received a tip some months ago that there were – Twitter accounts that all tweeted uh, very much in defense of Brian Colangelo and seemingly uh, with spears pointed at almost everybody else involved in the Sixers at one time or another. And this person, it's an anonymous tweeter, claims that the they ran these tweets through some sort of algorithm, which we will definitely get to in a minute, and they believe them to all be from the same person, and signs are that they are from the same person, and that person is believed to be Brian Colangelo. So Dietrich undertook months of research, and this is truly, we knocked Deadspin the other day. This is the sort of stuff Deadspin was doing when Deadspin was Deadspin, you know, this sort of online sleuthing. 
And the amount of research Dietrich put in is just staggering. Uh, you know, even going into people these accounts um, was were following and their potential potential, as Mr. Colangelo would say, or Eric Jr. would say, and their potential relationship to Colangelo. Uh, and he built a rather staggering case that uh, Brian Colangelo is behind all five of these Twitter burner accounts. He reached out to the Sixers last week. They, they spoke to Colangelo, and he acknowledged that one of the accounts, Phila1234567, was his. It, he had never tweeted from it, and it was simply an account he used to you know, keep up on the news and stuff, which um, you know, is reasonable enough. I highly doubt he's the only uh, person in sports or business who does that sort of thing. Um, but what Dietrich, brilliantly, Dietrich only brought to their attention two of those accounts. He did not mention the other three. And when he did that, um, those other three accounts all instantly became private. Brian Colangelo has since denied that they are him. Which he also, by the way, hold on. Uh, He also had followed at least one of those accounts from another, uh, Dietrich had followed one from another burner account, uh, Mm -hmm. so as not to tip them off. So once at least one of them became private, uh, he was still able to track whatever had been posted. Go on. Yep. And Brian Colangelo has since denied his involvement in those accounts, calling it weird and unsettling, something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Um, Even last night to uh, Shams, he has doubled down on his denial, which we will also get to in a second. And the uh, so that's where we are now. Then into the evening, a number of Twitter theories have arisen. Uh, One of them, and we'll touch on all of these, is that Sam Hinkie was the leaker. Uh, which I love has some potential. Yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, side it's not here. real. It's it's uh, certainly not real, but I absolutely uh, love the idea. No, it's not. I okay, think it, well, we'll I talk think, about it. No, it's we'll one of Hinky's. It. It's one of Hinky's guys. It's not specifically him. He might have put them on the bread trail, but uh, I don't know if it was him. We'll talk about it. Um, there's potentially other um, places where. This person may have commented. Um, some folks at SB Nation believe they have identified someone that looks rather similar. I, of course, immediately went to our comment section and found a handful of comments that, uh, you know, we could discuss. And uh, and then what else was there late into the evening? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, some Twitter sleuthing, of course, had been done. Two of these accounts were linked together. These three accounts that Colangelo claims having no ownership over. Uh, all share the same recovery email, which is um, delineated online by the first two letters and then a series of characters and then at, I think, gmail.com. The first two letters in that string on all three of the accounts are BP. Uh, Brian's uh, full name is Brian Paul Colangelo. And uh, they also have the same phone number. So these three accounts are all maintained by at least the same person or same backup email, uh, which certainly lends some credibility to the fact that um, one person was behind them. And, you know, that person is looking more and more likely to be Brian Colangelo. The one main account that is still live um, that seemed to be the most active, particularly around the Joel Embiid injury last year and the his uh, Colangelo's failure to trade Jaleel Okafor at the time, uh, Eric Jr., uh, which is the name on the account. The handle is a, is a long string of letters and numbers. Um, they seem to be the most active. They follow the most people, uh, including yours truly. Uh, apparently, there was a series of tweets on my video last year uh, where I was walking throughout my house talking about Jale- uh, 
uh, Joel Embiid at the Drake concert. Uh, that account throughout the last year and a half has gone on Twitter storms. It is still live, uh, incredibly, because I guess you kind of can't take it down at the moment. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are. Um, all of these things that have been said by these accounts is pretty damning. Um, some seriously nasty critiques of of Joel Embiid, calling him an idiot in in one of the tweets, one of the ones calling that came my child, way, saying he like, acted like a twenty two year old kid. Yep, accusing him of not telling the team about his injury, uh, in, calling uh, Nerlens, the Houston game. Yep, calling Nerlens Noel a punk. Um. Defending Jaleel Okafor as a good person, but also apparently leaking news that he had failed a physical, which was not public information. Multiple times, by the way. One that apparently had voided a uh, a deal to, I believe, New Orleans for Etwan Moore and a and a pick. Yep. So that's those are the details. So um, I, I'm not sure how we talk about this since we. It's not truly confirmed that it's him, but I think for the purposes of, of large portions of our conversation here, we're going to uh, go ahead and assume that it's him. But I guess before we do that, let's talk about the likelihood here, and I want to get your thoughts as well. And by you, I mean Russ or Bill or Bob. You want my initial thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, what was sort of your reaction when you first saw this? It was amazing. I mean, it... There, there are a few ways to kind of look at this. So I guess before we get into it and, and we kind of revel in the glory that is, you know, this Pepe Pepe Silva thing going on, um, I think it's it's probably important to kind of point out some of the, the negative ramifications this, this could have. Uh, I know that, that myself and all of the, uh, the Hinkyites were, you know, thrilled last night because this is the kind of uh, gutless sort of sleazeball move that I guess we kind of all thought was potentially you know around the corner at some point in life it, it was bound to happen but you have to kind of question be honest the time. You, no one expected that not to this level i think we all kind of expected at some point that he would get caught up in something that that would kind of polarize the entire fan base against him and the fact that look if, if it had just been that he had a bunch of accounts and he was you know defending his own moves i think that would have been one thing but it's not that it's it's the fact that he's now multiple times called out faults he's called out Embiid. He's really kind of taking this polarizing stance about, you know, Ben Simmons is the future. He's the best player. You know, this Embiid guy is is childish and he'll never develop or whatever. Um, I think the the bigger thing to kind of focus on here is the timing of it is weird. It's it's put right around the time that they announced Brett Brown's three year contract extension. Uh, one of the times that Colangelo allegedly had had tweeted one of the things was kind of the idea that. Um, Brown had kept Fultz off the court because it would make it easier to explain why they lost. Incredible. And, which to me, that's which, one of the most damning moments of all this for him. So that's that's bad uh, in a lot of ways, and I don't know what the timing of that tweet was. Um, so that's one. The other thing is, you know, we've been talking for weeks now, months about potentially going after guys in free agency, including you know Paul George, LeBron James, possibly pursuing trades for Kawhi Leonard or even C.J. McCollum, which I wrote up last week. And all of that kind of goes out the window at this point, at least to some extent. I mean, one of the things that Philadelphia has been able to kind of, you know, put out at the forefront, whether you like it or not, is they replaced Sam Hinkie with a guy who's been an NBA lifer, whose dad is one of the most respected guys in the game, at least in, in league circles. Uh, two guys that have had connections to the U.S. men's national basketball team. And 
The Sixers, to some extent, kind of looked like a stable organization, one that had hashtag corporate synergy going from top to bottom, and they all seemed to kind of share the same vision. And now, if you're LeBron James and you're looking at a dysfunctional Cleveland Cavaliers organization and you had been looking at this <laughs> Sixers team from a distance, like, what are you thinking at this point? I mean, it's not going to necessarily totally deter you from wanting to sign, but you've got to at least kind of take a double look. Like, you've got to know what's going on. And the fact that, like, it's not even so much just the free agents now. It's also these young players. I mean, Embiid went out and immediately dunked okay, on. Okay, right, hold, hold on. Hold no, on. No, no, wait, wait. No. Because... Like, let me, this will be fast. There there are things that, like, if, if you're one of these young players, now you also have to have doubt creeping into your mind. And it, so it's not just guys on the outside. Now the people on the inside are always going to have to kind of have this this wonder until somebody's able to prove or disprove that he was behind any of these accounts. You've got to wonder if somebody who had either, you know, drafted you or has been, you know, talking to you on a daily basis has been flat out lying to your face. And that certainly isn't going to cultivate a good relationship. Brett Brown now has to go out and do Gilman's work again in trying to, you know, potentially put out a lot of fires that have potentially been started allegedly by Brian Colangelo and his, you know, happy Twitter fingers. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So let, let's stop there and talk about the, the potential consequences of this. I think all those are, are good points. Um, there's there's multiple there's multiple levels this affects. Uh, first and foremost. Uh, is Colangelo himself. Um, I don't know. Assuming these these are true, and the more you read the tweets and the more you um, see some of the circumstantial evidence and the amount of research that uh, Dietrich did and all of this, it certainly seems highly likely that these are, in fact, Colangelo. And I think his defense of his shaggy defense is going to go the way that many um, public office sex scandals go, where, oh, no, it wasn't me. couldn't have been. And then quickly, 12 hours later, it's, well, okay, I knew this one woman, and it was a one-time thing, to 12 hours later, pictures of his dick are all over the Internet. I think that's the way this sort of spirals out of control for him, if it was him. Uh, It seems rather bold to go with a straight-up, it wasn't me, because you leave yourself no wiggle room whatsoever. There's no clever phrasing in there. Um, you are straight up denying it. So I think that ends poorly for him if it turns out to be him. You don't leave yourself an out. Um, I think you mentioned his tweet about Brett Brown. I think if this were to be proven to be true, you could probably get around the things he said about the players. I don't think you can. Well, so... We'll come back to that, but but go ahead. Well, yeah, so... well, here's why I say say that. Let me start up from the players all the way on up to Brown, the owners, and free agency because it affects, I think, each level differently. I think with the players, first of all, a couple of the guys aren't even here anymore. As a GM, yes, you're, the players report to you, but you're ultimately not playing for a general manager or even an owner. You know, take LeBron, you know, kind of blowing off Dan Gilbert the other night. That doesn't really affect, yes, it's dysfunctional, yes, it's weird, um, but you could hate your GM and still go out and play for a coach and a team. So I don't think that necessarily means if you think Brian Colangelo can, is still the right man for the job, that he can't be in this if he can't mend a few fences one-on-one with players. Um, where I think it does create a major issue, and this kind of goes to the free agency thing, is you're, you're trusted with, with sometimes personal information about players. And to so... 
I don't want to say willy-nilly, you know, not passing a physical because your knee is, is not, you know, the most private of sensitive information you can put out there. But it, it would be very difficult to trust him for a player and, more importantly, for, as he would say, potential uh, free agents who might want to come here, especially big-name free agents, uh, or any player for that matter. So I think that's his biggest problem, is the free agent realm of players, not the individual players, because most of the guys are gone, and he could go directly to Embiid and Fultz and say, look, I was stupid, you know I don't feel this way, we have a long relationship, I was trying to cover my own ass, and I got silly, and you know, I think you can mend those relationships. People make mistakes. Um, the things people sometimes say online, especially when it's not them, you know, tend to be more aggressive than their, their feelings actually are. So I feel like you could do that. Brett Brown, on the other hand, is someone who reports to you directly, who you ostensibly have to work pretty closely with throughout the course of the year. Um, to pettily throw him under the bus and insinuate that his job was on the line when you are the person in charge in charge of you know or one of the people in charge of making that decision that's really bad that is a direct report and someone whose livelihood you you basically control um a couple of these tweets lumped in the owners he tweeted writers saying hey you know which two are these the two owners feeding you this most likely you know hinting at joshua harris and, and or michael rubin um now you're talking about your bosses. That's a problem. Um, and then, you know, we talked about the free agency thing, let alone the rest of the league. You know, this is a guy, if he's leaking trade info, if he's liking tweets about the what became the Markel Fultz trade a month before it happens, um, it becomes very difficult for agents, other GMs, players, whatever, to do business with the guy knowing that, you know, not being able to trust that he won't be completely foolish with whatever it is you're doing, not even leaking it to the press, but, you know, straight up putting it out there. I mean, that, that, you know, it makes you a pariah every time you walk into a room, people roll their eyes at you. There's no, there's no level of trust. And worse, people look down on you as some sort of petty weirdo. Um, For all of those reasons, I think that if this is him, there's n- there's no way he he survives this. There's no way he doesn't lose his job. He's made the organization look bad. Uh, he's criticized both people above and below him, and um, you know it could potentially hurt what they're going to be doing here in the future. I just don't think there's a way he survives this. And, and more, I-, I think he's he's done in any sort of serious role in the NBA at least for a very long time, um, because this one's really tough, really tough to come back from. So I'm not totally I'm not totally sold on that. Like I, I think in in a way I kind of hope it's true. I kind of hope that this forces him out because I've never been a a big fan. Um, it, You're a hanky guy. Just it's yeah. Fine. I mean I mean that's part of it. But I, I also didn't like the fact that the Sixers just didn't have an open GM search. It was we these are all things that I think we criticized him for in the past. But like this was something they brought in Jerry. They inevitably kind of forced out Sam. They they brought in Brian without really having any kind of a legitimate search like there would have been i think no problem or or less of a problem i guess if the team had decided they wanted to move on from sam hinky they wanted to open up a president of basketball operations search and they brought in you know names from around the league they brought in uh rising rising stars within the national team program or whatever bring in guys from around the league that we can kind of 
have the conversation about and and know that you did your due diligence. And instead, it, it just cried of nepotism just time and time again. And so you have that, you have some trades that have been made, you have some signings that have been made that have been costly. And ultimately, you have a, a guy who's in charge of your front office right now who is not going to get the benefit of the doubt, you know, fairly or unfairly by the fans. And so now, you know, while I think it makes a lot of sense and it would be kind of nice to see this be his end, I'm still not so sure because uh, unless you have a way to prove it, I know, I know that like the way that Twitter works is you're guilty into, until proven innocent, but I, I don't necessarily know if this is the a thing that the team is going to fire him for because if they can't prove that he did any of this, yeah, there's something to be said for public perception. It could just as easily die death in a, you know, in a few weeks or something. So, I mean, I don't think this is going to hang over the team for a long time. I think it, it's going to be something that could end up being fleeting. They're going to be able to to get news out in a different way. They're going to be able to kind of divert the the uh, attention of the news cycle. Ultimately, you know, I think if, if anybody's able to really tie these things together and tie all five accounts, because I think that's what it, it's going to take is tying all five together, then I think we're in, we're in a different spot. Until then, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Simmons' new girlfriend, Kendall Jenner, you know, walks into the Sixers front office with a Pepsi and said, you know, and kind of reenacts her uh, infamous commercial and just kind of offers one to Brett Brown, offers one to Brian Colangelo, the owners, and to Joel Embiid and says, here, have a Pepsi. That'd be Wait, great. is he dating Kendall Jenner? Oh my God, that's the other news. See, this is, you went AWOL yesterday. I didn't go AWOL. I was hard at work you were, or something, but you were, what? You were, you were dead to the world. Um, yeah, so that was another bit of news that was kind of uh, thrown by the wayside is that Ben Simmons started dating Kendall, Kendall Jenner. So instead of having the, oh my God, does this mean eventually he's going to make a move to Los Angeles? Is she going to, you know, poison his mind? Nay, nay, that gets thrown off to the side because we're, you know, sitting here talking about a grown man with five Twitter accounts you know, bashing his own players and his front office and his owners. And, oh, my God, why is this happening? Uh, never mind, teams, by the of way. Of all the teams in the city that we were supposed to, you know, love and, and, and be happy with and think that, you know, all in the world could be well and there's a bright future, we have this this dimwit going off. And uh, this is this is like dad got Candy Crush because he saw that the kids were playing Candy Crush and you know it's like facebook too it's it's just like it feels it feels like somebody who just like kind of walked into technology thought they were cool thought they were able to kind of juggle and then pretty soon you've got to get like your kids to come over and unlock your google account for the 40th time this year you know i just it it's a lot this is this is really frustrating so but I, first, I don't know if it's going to cost him his job they need to be able to prove that that it really was him so for, well so first off i can't process the kendall jenner news right now one thing at a time um I'm I'm blown away by that. Um, <laughs> the lost in all this. Sorry, I'm literally speechless. I, I didn't. I can't believe you didn't know that. Three this and a is... half hours of sleep. I was oh completely God. off Twitter yesterday. Completely, um, uh. I, like head down doing something. Um, I can. Okay, lost in all this. They announced the Brett Brown three year extension. You know that yep. is you know completely you know getting glossed over now. But um, here's what. So when things first happen, they always usually seem worse than they are you read these tweets you're like oh my god he's done he's fired and then time a little bit even 12 hours passes even now in the morning and i'm starting to think like like i just mentioned to you okay he can kind of explain this away with the players he's going to have a much harder time with the coach but the league is where it's really going to be a problem but i i here's why i don't know because the scenario you just presented where they're going to say well they're going to have to prove all five were him and you could tie together three, and you could tie together the other two, and now it's all about making the link between the other two. That implies that he's just going to keep denying it to the team, 
and that the team he, the team is eventually just going to have to choose whether or not to believe him. And I don't think that scenario works here. I think um, if it was him, they're gonna they're gonna know. They're gonna have to know. Like that's something you have to extract from him, and you just have to. It has to be the sort of thing where people know him, who are in a room with him, who could look him eye to eye. You know, can get the right answer. And even if he says that it is okay, now you begin the path of okay, how do we, how do we massage the damage internally and externally, and how could we do this? And um, you know, God bless uh, you know Dave Schaller and their PR crew because they're going to have a pretty uh, pretty busy few days coming up here. But I don't think that situation plays out where it's just a the Sixers have to choose whether or not to believe him. I think he has to come clean in some regard to them or at least somehow prove to them and then to the public that it wasn't him if it wasn't. Um, because anything short of, I think, proof, unfortunately puts them in a really untenable situation. And it's not because I, I think the relationships could be mended. I think all people like this, the players, the GMs, the owners, they're all hyper-competitive people. They leak. You know, this it's part of the world in which they exist. And sometimes you, you just have to go to someone and say, yep, it was me. I'm sorry. I fucked up. And I think a lot of people can get past that sort of thing. But it's going to be, it's really tough now because he still has to run the team and do a job. And I think part of that job is not dealing with a complete flake. And uh, that to me is that to me where it's really going to be a problem for him because this is weird. And it's not. It's not that he has a burner account. I'm sure many GMs and sports executives and, you know, otherwise public people have burner accounts that they follow stuff on or maybe even occasionally go and defend themselves on. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, that's that that's kind of what I was saying before. Like Durant very, very publicly. That was a thing. Steve Kerr had put out a tweet that he claimed was supposed to be a DM. Even Ian Rappaport last night. Uh, tweeted that most NBA or most NFL executives and NFL GMs have burner accounts that they use to either keep up with the league or to defend themselves, but like not to this scale. I would it's, have had Howie a, a two to one on this being Howie. If oh, I for sure, a Philly GM. For sure, I'm still convinced that Howie Roseman is running the Joe Banner uh, ver- verified Twitter account. I'm not serious. <laughs> I'm not serious. That, that's, um, that's not real. so yeah. Uh, look, so yeah, but he, here's the difference between his and look. I, Anyone who's ever had something bad said about them online, the temptation to fight back is is great. So I, I couldn't really imagine being an NBA GM, especially in a city like this. Um, what I will say is that, you know, as someone who's received their fair share of hate online, you know, particularly in the comments, that first of all, the thought to me to create a fake Twitter account as uh, without no joke has literally never crossed my mind. In the comments, though, occasionally someone will come on and say something positive. And then you you get the inevitable response. And it's not just me. I mean, this happens with a lot of people who have negative things written about them in the comments section. The next person comments, hey, Kyle, is that you? Or, hey, Rob Ellis, is that you? Um, that thought has crossed my mind. I think probably less than a handful of times the first year or two I ran the website when I wasn't used to being, like, shredded online, I would go in the comments and defend myself. And only on something that you knew was wrong. Like, not, and we've talked about this before, the thing that always bothers me, and I think bothers most people, it's not being criticized, it's being criticized when someone is using a set of facts that you know to be just completely wrong. So I understand the motivation there. Now, that said, that was 
seven years ago. And I was like, just, you know, a dude with a website who had, you know, never had people reading his stuff before. Over time, like, you pretty much just like learn to shrug off shrug that stuff off and it comes with the territory and by the time you're an nba gm um you know i'm just blown away that someone could be so impacted by individual thoughts online to go to that extent and do that and yes i think most of this was aimed at sort of directing the media narrative in a really really shady way but, I mean, he was engaging with just regular people or very small accounts on on issues and going back and forth with them. Like, that's the sort of really small, sensitive thing that you should, if you're in a position like that, uh, and by the time you get there and or if you get there, uh, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, our president's maybe the most sensitive person of all time. But, like, people tend to build a, you know, callous over that sort of stuff. You know, so on, like, I can understand the motivation for wanting to do that. But I think the problem here is not that he had a fake account that maybe occasionally tried to defend himself or spin his side, but that it was so um, petty and aggressive towards people he worked with. You know, it's well, one thing. It's one well, thing for him to go on and say, you know, look, I think Brian Colangelo did the right thing. He wasn't given a good deal and he did this. Okay, weird, embarrassing. Yes, yes, yes. But the fact that he went on there and pointed his spear at everyone around him and made himself out to be a super, super small person in this regard, saying, you know, um, you know, laying stuff at the feet of the coach, going to media members and compelling them to write stories, blaming someone else to make him look good. That's really that's really petty and like drive at some sort I think of you weird pronounce the word pathetic. It's um, pathetic, really, and I really think quick. it drives at some sort of weird personality thing that is, like you said, the sort of thing a lot of people thought about Colangelo, um, but you know we never really had proof of. That sort of level of yeah, patheticness is All right, so here's, here's, not good. Here's one. So do you remember back January 29th? That was the day that um, in a pre-ESPN game, Brett Brown had uh, allegedly kind of let out the idea that it wasn't just the shoulder that that Fultz maybe it was a little bit in his head. Do you remember that? And somebody had had called it psychosomatic symptoms. That was a thing that came up during the telecast. Mm-hmm. Fultz at like that day had tweeted out, "You really can't trust no one." In all caps, right? Well, one of the alleged Brian Colangelo uh, accounts still bawling said, "Stop whining, kid, and strap on a pair. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and get tough." I have defended you against every bloggers, media, go back and read. Now coach tells the truth and you go whining to the world that nobody can be trusted. Trust your God-given talent. Stop hiding. <laughs> that's that's beyond just being like, man, I wish the kid would get out and play. Or yeah. is this and in And it's beyond head? defending that's yourself. The, like, it's beyond, oh, you know, I, I didn't do this. That that drives towards some sort of weird insecurity. Yeah. I mean, it's there There are so many things, like depending on, on how late you were up, uh, you know, looking at this stuff, there was one where Too late. Um, my I think my favorite was when Embiid went went like full on uh, god of of Sixers Twitter, and he goes, uh, Joel told me that at Sam Hankey is better and smarter than you, and tagged one of the the alleged Colangelo accounts and then hashtag burner account. That was great. <laughs> um, the the guy just wins the internet, and he also tweeted out the picture of of his face from uh, draft night with bruh also tweeted at uh at drake 
he responded to a tweet from CJ McCollum saying, are you no longer happy in Philly? Uh, yeah. And then eventually Embiid um, did did tweet out, fun night on Twitter, LMAO. Uh, all jokes aside, I don't believe the story. That would just be insane. Yeah, that sounds a lot. So like I don't know got how it. Brian That's... got, I don't know how Brian got into the account, but uh, apparently hacking is going to be on his list as well. There's no That's... way Joel tweeted that. There's no way, right? Right? Right. That sounds a lot like. Can anything surprise you at this point? Like, honestly, that sounds a lot like Michael Rubin texted Embiid and said, all right, dude, just just chill for six hours until we can kind of get to the bottom of this, because if it's not him, you're just going to create more problems by publicly shredding him. Um, Hold on. But before you move on. So Michael Rubin, really quick. So I said this. I wasn't going to move on. You're the one who's moving on. Okay. So so Michael Rubin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said this last night, and I still stand by it. I think that if Joel Embiid really is upset by this, uh, I think there's a decent chance that he alone could get Colangelo fired. I like when when we were talking about Michael Rubin going out on vacation with Embiid, going to the Bahamas or wherever, going down water slides, bonding, all that. At some point, I know that that Rubin's not the one who makes all the decisions. Like inevitably, that that's going to come down to being a Josh Harris decision, maybe a David Blitzer, maybe it's a collective decision. But if you've got your franchise's face and, you know, obviously one of the cornerstones of your franchise, one of your biggest draws, not only to the team, but to potential free agents, to guys who may not have originally been open to trades. If you've got an unhappy superstar, this is probably the worst thing that could happen. And at some point uh, between Ben and Joel and eventually Fultz ends up becoming anything, like those guys are going to figure out that they have some weight to throw around. The most interesting part of that is that you have a player who seemingly has full confidence in being able to go online at midnight and trash his general manager. Like if you need to, if you need proof of what you just said about uh, you know the players feeling empowered here, think about a situation where um, you know a subordinate has the standing or clout to just be able to go on and start piling on the GM uh, probably without even know without even knowing for sure that this was him and knowing that nothing's going to come of it and yeah maybe that proves some of Colangelo's points about MB being a little immature but on the flip side it goes to show you that uh, you know it kind of goes to show you the power dynamic so I think that sort of proves your point there with regard to uh, Embiid and the players and all that. Okay, so we should probably take a second and thank uh, our sponsor. This is a little later into the show than we would normally do it, but I have a feeling people are sticking around for this one. Um, so if you if, if you haven't listened in a while, you may have missed uh, our last couple plugs for Amerigas. Before you fast forward, please don't do that. Uh, we're giving away, along with Amerigas, seven field-level Phillies tickets for the June 30th game against the Nationals. It's a Saturday night. It's a 6 o'clock game. Love that time. Uh, it is Xfinity Fireworks Night Number Two, so there'll be fireworks after the game. You'll be down on field level. You'll have a great view. Uh, the seats are in Section One Ten, One Thirteen, One Thirteen, Row Three, Seats One Through Seven. Um, that is basically that is right down the right field line, right about actually I think a little bit inside from where the tarp would be. So you're uh, a little bit behind first base field level. Seven tickets. We're going to be announcing the winner. We've, we have successfully changed the announcement date to the Wednesday before Father's Day, which I believe is June 20th, which also happens to be my wedding anniversary. Um, we will do it uh, that day, and then this way, whoever wins will have a 
hell of a uh, Father's Day gift to offer up there. Uh, either way, all you have to do to enter is go to crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. You got to put your name and email. Even if you're already on our email list, fill it out anyway. You have to sign up separately for this contest. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of fine print here other than, you know, of course, giving your email means you may occasionally receive an email from Amerigas in the future and or us. Um, but that's it. Really easy contest to enter. Um, it is only Crossing Broad listeners, readers competing for this. So we've had a lot of entries, but it's not like you're competing with a million different you know, entries, there is a reasonable chance to win. So go and do that. Crossingbroad.com slash Amerigas. There's no hooks, no purchase necessary, none of that stuff. So thanks to Amerigas. Um, a lot of signups, but I wonder how many of them are from uh, burner accounts for uh, Brian Colangelo. We had a couple so. from Eric Jr., so you never know. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah okay. Well, that, that's a good place to go here. So the question now becomes, okay, where else? If someone has gone through this length on Twitter, where else might he be commenting? Um as I mentioned, there was a handful that were directed at me. The Eric Jr. account was following me. I asked Kevin if it was following him. I don't think he responded to me last night, so I'm not sure. Um, it seemed like his reach was deep and far into the Philly sports blogosphere. Um, you know, everything from beat writers to bloggers to, you know, much smaller sites and accounts, um, a couple of which I wasn't even familiar with. And this is a guy who, you know, has only been here for a couple of years and you figure wasn't fully ingrained in the online world. So he spent some time going through influential uh, Sixers people and, and really trying to color their views. Um, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to check the comment section, specifically on a post I wrote uh, February 15th last year, which is one of the days where he went on these tweet storms. Um, and it was the day that they did not get a deal done for Jaleel Okafor. And I wrote a post, uh, which in hindsight is a headline I wish I, I would have redone. But it was based on a Kevin O'Connor article at The Ringer, uh, something to do with how he kind of failed to move Okafor and all that. And I titled the post, uh, Brian Colangelo is an idiot. Um, if there's one that you figure it might draw him into the comment section, that would be the one. Um, I will say... And I don't want to make too big of a deal of this because it's, it's really tough to prove any of this stuff, especially, um, you know, late in the middle of the night on short notice. There were three tweets from someone or three comments from someone who had never uh, commented on the site before, at least under that IP address. Three different names, one of which responding to themselves, which is not uncommon in our comment section. All of them defending Colangelo for not getting a deal done, um, seemingly using the same sort of cadence and language that uh, we typically have seen in his tweets. Uh, and I will read a few of those comments now, and then we can leave it at that because um, you can make with this what, what you will. Um, one of the, the first comment is, Colangelo did nothing wrong at all. He used a little GM gamesmanship. No one met his reserve price and pulled Okafor back, comma, uh, big fucking deal. Okafor is a 21-year-old kid who might be the most entertaining offensive low-post player in the NBA. He was immediately double-teamed as a rookie, potential 10-year All-Star. Um, they then go on to poke fun at Rob Ellis. Wow, wow, wow! About poor Jaleel Okafor. How could someone do this to him? LOL. Maybe it'll be a time for wake-up call for Okafor to start playing some defense. Kyle, stop listening to this jackass from the Ringer magazine who thinks a 21-year-old. Kid can never improve his efficiencies and should be given away for peanuts. A couple of things to note there. The jackass from the ringer he's referring to is Kevin O'Connor. Uh, this comment was posted within an hour of Colangelo on Twitter 
um, messaging O'Connor and John Gonzalez and other Ringer folks about that very same article. Um, another one, same same IP address. Uh, five minutes later, Okafor, eighteen points, eight rebounds per game as a rookie before his injury. Third player picked in the NBA draft, and Colangelo is a dope capital for not trading Okafor for fifty cents on the dollars. You want to see the real dope in this story? Question mark. And the third one, same IP address. A few minutes, uh, about twenty minutes later, Jaleel Okafor is more talented than any big man in the upcoming draft by ten miles. Period. Misplaced. Period. And punctuation, which uh, was a hallmark of many of his tweets. Hinky overloaded the Sixers with big men, and Colangelo did the smart thing in trying to move one of them before the period deadline. No period. No one met his asking price, and now Okafor returns. I don't see any problem with what Colangelo did at all. Much to do about nothing. Um, few things that you can't see listening to this to note about those uh, messages. Um, he uses numbers uh in in the flow of a sentence unlike a lot of people do which is something that twitter account did often um there seems to be a handful of misplaced periods in these as there was uh at least misplaced commas missing a space before or after a period or comma in some of the tweets um same sort of uh pattern here in these comments um a random space before a question mark 21 abbreviating year just little things that in uh, fairness let's not act like the people who often post in the comment section don't have a, a decent grasp on no they're you know, not believe common, me common grammar i know i know what you're getting at but i found it i found a fair share of, of defending uh colangelo ones that um you know you thought hmm wonder if that was him he kind of quickly debunked that it wasn't based on other things they had posted or some of the vernacular they used but um, you could take any of these comments and put them into a series of the tweets, and I don't think you would be able to tell a difference. Um, it, you know, even the ways sort of randomly capitalizing one word, and the messaging here, um, the way he's using numbers in lieu of words, the way he's shortening year, the way uh, he uses kind of commas in place of periods and has spaces between commas and periods, like all the sort of hallmarks if you go through all these tweets – um they're in these comments so i don't know if that was him but um you know given all of this i would make i would say he's a reasonable candidate to be him um max um max help me out max rapaport tweeted uh last night there's a commenter the answer is pi on sb nation who's commented on liberty ballers um who has a (laughs) A hot ma- registered Hotmail email address that has the Beautiful. initials, uh, what, I think BPC in them, and um, uses 6165 as the numbers, which also happens to be Colangelo's birthday. Birthday, yeah. Now, this could be a fake account. Um, they went on last night and posted a very long uh, defense of Colangelo. However, they denied... They, they claim that one of the accounts, Phila123456, which Colangelo admitted to using, uh, must have been created by this, this source who was out to get him. So while I think there's some smoke on some of the comments from that account, he, he's the, he is, has a different message than what Colangelo has actually said publicly that, yes, that is his account. So that, that one I'm, I'm not so sure about, but um, there's a history of tweets there from the answer is pie that, um, you know, seem to indicate that it may have been Colangelo. It sounds like you're more up to the, on this one than I am. Well, there's there's one thing that I think I, I really want to focus on, and that's the hinky angle. Mm-hmm. 
this is this is one thing that I found very interesting. So, uh, in Ben Dietrich's article, he mo- he mentions the fact that the source who uh, initially kind of tipped him off to the potential of of all these burner accounts. Uh, it says the source explained that they worked on artificial intelligence, right? There's uh, another part. I don't remember if it was in this article. I think it was in the um, the Ringer write-up, the John Gonzalez piece, I think, about Sam Hinkey. Hinkey, who began his career with Bain & Company, has worked in private equity and venture capital and lately has gone back to his roots. He's an angel investor and advisor for various startups and has become increasingly interested in machine learning and artificial intelligence. Now, do I think that Sam Hinkey, in his own way, went and absolutely screwed over Brian Colangelo? Do I want to believe that Sam Hinkey is the one who uncovered this entire thing, who's been sitting on it for a while, and is now not positioning himself to get back into the league, but just wanted to uh, to throw one last dig at the guy who, uh, who sleazed him out of his job? I would love to believe that. Do I think it was him? No. I think there were a lot of people who have worked with Sam Hinkey over the years, who, uh, you know, every time they do some kind of a biopic piece on him, you learn that a lot of the guys and, and women who have worked for him and with him have been very, very loyal to Sam. They said that, you know, he's a fantastic person to work for. He's a great human being. And that ultimately they feel like he was often getting, um, you know, criticized by the media for being this cold, calculated guy when in fact he's he's a much better person than that. And they thought it was an unfair criticism, but he's, he certainly wouldn't come out and defend himself. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the people who has worked with Hinky over the years finally kind of had enough of, of a narrative and decided, you know what, if I can ever find a way to kind of take this guy down, this Colangelo guy down, I'll do it. I wouldn't be surprised. I Like, again, I know that there are a lot of people right now on Twitter who think that, uh, and, and stupidly, think that this was Hinky because Hinky wants to get his job back. It's not going to happen. Hinky's not going back to the NBA. I'm pretty convinced after reading uh, the most recent biopic and listening to the podcast that he was on, uh, that was really focused on business and, and he talked a lot about, um, you know, like the, the private sector and about the business world and all that. I don't think he's going back to the NBA, but I do think that there are a lot of people who lost their jobs over the course of the years, uh, that had worked for Hinky that were kind of let go in the Sixers front office or the guys that he's just worked with over the course of his career that kind of have an ax to grind. And if they can take down Brian Colangelo as a kind of a, a nod to their former employer, or maybe somebody who works with him now, I don't know. Um, then, then maybe you, you take that opportunity. The, whoever did it was smart. This isn't just somebody who was sitting around throwing random Twitter accounts into you know some kind of an algorithm and tried to like just link stuff. Like this is somebody who clearly went out with the intention of a smear campaign on Brian Colangelo. So again, like whether it's fair or not, that I think is very clearly what happened. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's very interesting. If if nothing else, we have some intrigue. I wouldn't. First of all, with regard to Hanky, I. I get what you're saying, that there's definitely Hinky loyalists. Uh, one, I'm not sure how many people, if any, truly lost their job because of Hinky leaving. I mean, unless there's maybe a handful of analytics guys, which, you know, could go to your point here. But it, it wasn't like some sort of mass exodus, like, you know, all of his men left the building when Hinky left. I don't, as far as I know, that wasn't the case. I mean, someone could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I also think of people in position to make decisions within the Sixers front office. I don't think there's a lot of love loss for Hinky and like the, the people joking about bring him back. I, I do not think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think it's just Colangelo. I think his letter, um, you know, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, you know, so I, I don't think there's many people at all within the Sixers on a decision-making level who, who have 
warm feelings towards Sam Hankey. I'm sure some of the people who worked for him liked him, and I think part of that reason is because he seems like a you know, a nice, normal guy, like if nothing else. And by normal, I don't mean like, you know, he's not kind of weird because he listens to books on 3x speed and all that stuff. But, you know, he seems just like a normal person and not like the sort of egomaniacs like, you know, someone like this who pop, who seem to populate all professional sports, especially the NBA. Um, you know, it's a very, very, you know, me first sort of league. So, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't completely discount the fact that this could be Sam Hinkie and not it's because not. hold on a second not because he's trying to get back in the NBA but Hinkie as over the years I believe shown some sort of I don't know about specifically about Ben Dietrich but he he definitely is in the target demo for the ringer and I think has shown love to them in some capacity and I believe maybe has tweeted with a couple of their writers I I, I want to check on that but I don't think it's so far fetched that you know here's a guy who's getting um, you know dragged through the coals and is getting no credit and then see you know get, has an inkling that this burner account is the guy who replaced him and then this burner account is simultaneously trashing him. I don't think and you know when a writer says a, someone is anonymous, you know that is not always the case. You know, sometimes the way to protect the source is to, quite frankly, lie about who they are uh, in order to get the story or make sure it's tough to figure out who they are. So I wouldn't be shocked here if this anonymous source was not actually anonymous to the writer, but part of the stipulation of this um, sort of sleuthing was they had to be messaged as anonymous. I, I don't know that for sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, things like that do happen in the media. Um, but even so if I, it was anonymous, I still wouldn't put, put it past, um, you know, Sam Hinkie. I, I really wouldn't. And I don't think it, you know, I don't think it's pet. I, I don't, I know we, we sort of tend to gravitate towards Hinkie here, but I, you know, this is a guy who wrote a 13 page letter on his way out. Like he clearly is emotionally charged on some of this stuff. I think if he had an inkling that this was it and he spent time really trying to get to the bottom of it and fed it to one of his favorite NBA writers and said, here, you run with it, I, that wouldn't surprise me. You would be shocked. You know, setting aside this Colangelo thing, you, you would be shocked to find out, you know, the sorts of things people who have press coverage about them will do to try and shape that coverage. And in terms of, hey, here's a little tip about something I think might be going on, that's like on the low level of things someone might do. So I wouldn't completely discount the fact that it was Hinky. Hinky's got 23 tweets, none of them mention the ringer ever. Okay. So that, that can go out the window. The only thing that he's mentioned about himself uh, was the, the recent podcast I alluded, I alluded to, um, which was with Patrick O'Shaughnessy, and that was called um, Data Decisions and Basketball with Sam Hinky. That was the, the only recent thing. Um, looking to just double check, yeah, O'Shaughnessy has nothing to do with the ringer. Um, He's got a website called Investor Guide. So, no, there's nothing about the ringer. The only thing that I, I can remember off the top of my head was John Gonzalez had said that he had harassed Tinky for a few years about doing an interview. And that was, you know, one of the more recent articles. But Hinky himself didn't even tweet that out, retweet it, nothing. So, Not sure. And maybe I'm thinking, uh, there's, the there's nothing thinking that about seen... how glowingly the ringer has written about the process and, and Hinky, probably well, more kinda... so than any notable outlet. I don't know. It's it's not hard to write. A, like if you think about it, I don't think that a lot of the the articles that were written about the process had really preceded that long winning streak at the end of the season. 
There were a couple around the All-Star break where I think the ringer had kind of taken a look at the fact that Simmons was so much better, and it made a lot of sense for them to write about the process or to write about Embiid and, and Simmons and Sarich, uh sure. just by virtue but, of the but fact think that about they it were this a, way. a popular it, it, team. If you're hinky, if you're hinky, I, who's the guy you're going to with this? It's Ben Dietrich, the guy who's very critical Why you of go Colangelo. To and what's that? Because, Why wouldn't you go to Woj? Because that's not because I mean Woj this, has been critical of, of this is you know, not both of these guys. This is not point. the sort of information Woj transacts in. You know he's he's Adam Schefter, right? Those guys transact in leaks and rumors and tips and relationships with GMs. He's not. Believe me, a guy who's out of the league is not going to a guy who makes his bread and butter on on covering GMs, on having relationships with GMs and players and agents and all that stuff to out a GM. Like, that is not in Woj's best interest to break this story by any stretch. You go to an outlet like The Ringer that has the time and the inclination to do this sort of months-long online sleuthing. Again, you know, as someone who has sleuthed online before, I mean, the amount of work that Dietrich has undertaken here is staggering. Uh, Going through... The accounts, there's not a lot of mainstream media folks who would have gone to this level, and they probably just would have let it go because they couldn't prove it. But the ringer is this sort of, uh, you know, main quasi-mainstream online outlet that has enough clout to be able to be journalistically sound on this, but also, you know, is able to pose things as questions rather than answers. A lot of mainstream outlets, you know, ESPN probably nixes this story because you can't prove it. But the ringer is the sort of outlet that will allow you to research it and then just present the findings to people. And I think having someone who's going through the accounts that they're following and then Googling times when Colangelo may have been in the same place as these people, uh, the fact that Colangelo was uh, tweeting about his son's following some, uh, accounts related to a son's basketball team and tweeting about like those in the games. middle of a game playing yeah. defense come on guys yep. i mean this is like real online sleuthing that i don't think a lot of you know quote unquote mainstream reporters would have either thought to undertake or have been allowed to undertake because they you know are covering games or the league on a daily basis so again i don't know if it was hinky but if if it was you know dietrich's the dietrich and the ringers is probably the place he's going with this um so I, I don't think it's unreasonable. In either yeah, case, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think it There's, makes sense that Dietrich was the guy. You know, that someone from the Ringer. It's the perfect outlet because they compose this, and it, you know, it it's not just some blog sleuthing. There's some you know journalistic standards here. Um, and there's also the time and money to research this and, and do it the right way and, and reach out to the team. And I think what they did with keeping three of the accounts close to the vest. I, that brilliant. Absolutely that's brilliant. They essentially that's, catfished think, That's one of the that's things that's, that's the most shocking as well, uh, by the way, is is the fact... I, I Okay, I know what you're getting with, with that. Um, the idea that three of the accounts all at the same time went private. And yeah, the fact that Dietrich had, you know, the secondary kind of his own burner account to follow them was was pretty brilliant. Um, there, there was a thing, and I, I don't know how many people realize this. I think a lot of times as a fan, you think that Every beat writer, the second they get wind of something, they're going to go report it because they want to be the first. And one of the things that I, I guess to some extent I've learned from talking with, with Kevin and Anthony and you is just because you think that something's going on or just because you get word that something is going on with the team or the organization, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can or should go report it. It's just kind of news that you keep close to the vest. And eventually, if you get it you know, double verified, triple verified, whatever, 
um, then maybe you go to press with it. Um, both Kyle Newbeck and Derek Bodner both kind of alluded to the same thing, and I haven't been able to talk to Kevin about it, so um, I'm going to kind of go with these guys on, on this for now. But they both kind of threw out this sentiment that some of the things that came across these five accounts, or at least a few of them, were things that had been kind of mentioned and whispered um, behind the scenes with the team, the organization, all that, and none of it had ever gone public. But it was clearly stuff that was sensitive and stuff that had gone around among the beat writers, among people around the team. And the fact that, you know, it it ended up getting leaked out to Twitter was alarming, to say the least. And the only people who could have known it were people who were involved with the organization. See, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that goes to proving the point, because if it was common knowledge enough for a handful of beat writers to know... um, you know, there's there's certainly that 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 creates, I think, more candidates for tweeting this stuff rather than less, rather I don't than know. fewer. Yeah, I, I I don't know because, and I I always like, hate... I, I don't want to say. Look, there there are things that that both Kevin and Anthony have have kind of said in passing. They've never gotten into specifics, so they they haven't like outed sources. But like in the past, it's it's come up that like there are certain things about certain teams that people have have liked that would have absolutely crushed people's you know opinions of some of their favorite stars over the years. And it's not something that it was just like one person knew. It's stuff that, you know, multiple beat writers knew, but nobody wanted to go to press with. So like the Sokafor thing, right? Like let's let's kind of focus in on like the the humor of the fact that two things might end up being Colangelo's undoing in this. Uh, one was the uh, the tweet that he had sent uh, where he said, it's a normal collar. Uh, let's move on and find a slant elsewhere when somebody had commented on Brian's large collars. And the other one is this Okafor thing about the failed uh, physical. And he mentioned it a few times and then even tweeted at, I don't remember if it's Keith Pompey, I think one was at Bodner, about why don't you ask Ja if he passed a physical with another team? Isn't it weird that, that you know, something that was not known to the public, apparently, which was that Okafor had allegedly failed at least one physical with at least one other team that, you know, had kind of worked out a trade. Uh, isn't it weird that, like, Ja could end up being part of the thing that could bring this whole thing down that that's like one piece of information that like maybe we could have thrown that out and we could have hypothesized that like maybe that's why jaw went vegan jaw because at the trade deadline of what would have been 2016 i think was the one where he almost got traded we thought to chicago for uh for valentine um the idea that like somebody failed a physical it like if you looked at jaw if you kind of kept up with his fitness levels or or the fact that he hadn't played like I guess you could have opined that maybe he had failed the physical but it, it seemed like the timing of it was was strange enough um that it was somebody who had an inside source so I don't know like I, I guess what what you were saying is that if something is out to the beat writers then obviously it's known throughout the organization like maybe it could have been somebody else who tweeted it I don't know is there a possibility that he's getting framed could no. there be somebody from inside the Sixers organization or a former employee who uh kind of had wind of him having a burner account and then set up a couple to kind of make it look like it was it was a bigger issue. No, and th- that's one of the things this account on SB Nation and whether or not this is him it really doesn't matter. Well, it does, but you know, whether or not this is him, one of the the points is oh, hey, maybe he's being framed here. Maybe these accounts are fake. That is these accounts go back 2 years. That is the world's longest con. Uh if if someone created a series of fake accounts, broke you know, quasi-related news, occasionally defended himself, all for the payoff of two years later, trying to tie this all together and get some writer to bite on the scoop. 
that like to me that's not likely if all these things popped up a month ago i think maybe it's a little bit different but uh i can't imagine it's a two-year con to to be setting him up for 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 what payout you know are all five of the accounts two years old uh i mean at least a couple of them have tweets going back to early 2017 or late 2016 so yeah i mean that's what i'm saying like it is it is like i i assume that the three accounts that all went private after the initial inquiry by Dietrich, like I would assume that those are all Colangelo, right? But the other two that they think might be, like that could have just as easily been somebody who would, you know, no, no, so no. But th- he admitted the other one of the other two, the Phil of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then it's it a bigger mess. Yeah, was his him. that he didn't tweet from. So that could one, Jerry have run one. What no. are the odds that like how old is Jerry Colangelo at this? Too point? old He's to do this. Seventies, eighties. Like, is- right now, Jerry is talking to Brian, trying to understand what the hell any of this even means. Like, imagine the conversation between He's the 78. Two Jerry Colangelo is 78. I'm disappointed to... in you, son. For those of you who watch Billions, it's like when uh, uh, Paul Giamatti's Don't father becomes it. disappointed. No, it, it gets disappointed in him. It's like, I'm disappointed in you, son. I have no idea what any of this story means, but it sounds like you're a dipshit. Um, side note, today's show tweet, 76ers president and general manager reportedly used multiple fake accounts. So this has made its way to the national news by 7.30 this morning. I actually Dude, thought... It's it's in Arizona. No. Arizona, well, like seven hours ago, report ex-Suns GM used fake Twitter accounts. Sure, but these local... That's amazing. These local... No, I know. These, I know these local news outlets awesome. are, are eager for clicks, but usually... Usually on something like this, it doesn't quite hit the national until like there's a tipping point. I said to my wife this morning, I'm like, you're going to see this on, she watched the Today Show. I'm like, you're going to see this on Today Show tomorrow after he gets fired today. And um, lo and it's behold. A, it's, it's a lead it article on ESPN.com right now. Yeah, I figured the uh, sports fear, but it's already found its way into the mainstream. So uh, yeah, this doesn't end well for him. It just doesn't. Unless there's some sort of, the only thing he has is some sort of smoking gun absolute proof that it wasn't him. And he could play the the pity card, but I just don't. I just don't think. I just don't think it's it's possible. Um, I yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know what else there is to discuss. Um, we should probably There's start. There's so much. I up. mean, we 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 could just start reading all the tweets on a day where Roseanne Barr got fired and and Roseanne got canceled. Uh, we thought that would be the most polarizing uh, tweet to go out in a day. Nay, nay. Nay, nay, Roseanne. You only have one account. Brian Colangelo allegedly has five. Uh, God, what a weird day. It's we got the Ben day. Simmons, the Ben Simmons news. Was uh, she dating Drake? Is that what I'm? Um... No, the the Drake thing was totally unrelated. That okay. was that was a different thing. Okay, I, what was we're con- not going to explain. This okay, would have been yeah. a beautiful time for Adam to be here, but no, uh, yeah. that that's very different. Okay, very different. All right, so um, we'll, we will undoubtedly have more to talk about on our next podcast here as this shakes out. Here's here's my prediction if you're listening in the morning. Um, there's some sort of there's – there's another statement from the Sixers and or Colangelo. This is just a prediction. Uh, sometime around late morning today, we have a statement from Colangelo acknowledging that the accounts were him. All um, five. All five. Later in the day – there is, I don't even know who holds the press conference. You know, Joshua Harris can't be available to drop the hat. I don't even know who does the press. Later, oh, if in Harris the, comes down, it's over. Later in the right. day, he is let go. Yeah, if Harris comes down, it's over. Later in the day, he is let go uh, through a series of strategic leaks to the media. Not leaks, but, you know, it, you know, uh, s- contacts with the media from, from the team. Um, it's not put in a... In a, and then it's put in a press release. So it's sort of 
reported, and then 30 minutes later, it is announced officially by the team. And then tomorrow, uh, Harris and Ruben, you know, because Ruben's, I don't know. I mean, Joshua Harris has a press conference, Scott O'Neill. I mean, maybe Scott O'Neill, probably Scott O'Neill in this in this yeah. regard, um, has to meet with the media. And then here's the one thing we didn't – we talked about the free agency. This is uh, – here's the problem. You have a month until free agency, right? I don't think this is as damning as like a college team losing the coach where that person is the whole program. The Sixers could very easily hire a capable GM who, you know, wouldn't I think – um, lessen the desirability of Philly for someone like LeBron James. You know, I don't even know how much Colangelo was helping that. Let's say maybe a little bit, just because of his ties to USA Basketball and his family and all of that. I think that probably would have helped with the, the LeBron camp or the Paul George camp. I think if they get a capable GM, it doesn't change where the Sixers are at. It doesn't change where the organization is going. I don't think anyone viewed Brian Colangelo as an indispensable piece of this. Um, you know, maybe some people have better views on him than we do locally. Uh, I thought he actually did a reasonable job this year of going out and making some moves to make the Sixers at least have a chance in the East in the second half of the season. But I, I think if they go out and hire someone, it doesn't restrict them. But you got to get your shit together because they got a few weeks now. Because you cannot go into this most utmost important free agency without a GM or with some sort of like hodgepodge or interim tag or whatever it is. So they got to get to the bottom of this quickly. And if and if Colangelo truly didn't do it, then you know, and he keeps his job, then you got to erase those doubts. Like they're in a bad spot. Whether he stays or goes, they have to really figure shit out and soon. I think that's that's the big thing here. I have a name. I want to I want to throw out a name for future uh, president of uh, basketball operations and GM. I want Sachin Gupta back. You remember who Sachin Gupta was? Of course, Sachin Gupta was the one that Sam Hankey in one of his 23 tweets had mentioned was the driving force between practically all of Hankey's trades. He's currently working for the Houston Rockets as a special advisor. Um, I I would like to see him come back. I think that'd be a good hat hat tip of sorts to Sam Hankey. And I think it would also uh, bring in a guy who's clearly respected enough to be brought back by his former employer, uh, the Houston Rockets, who you know obviously were a Chris Paul hamstring strain away from potentially making the NBA Finals. Um, I don't want to retread. That's my only thing. Look, if if, if Brian Colangelo is going to get fired and then I have to like go through another year of, like, not a Budenholzer, not specifically, but, like, some guy who's just, you know, been in league circles. Like, the fact that Ed Stefanski just got hired by the Detroit Pistons to kind of, like, head basketball operations again. Like, holy mother See, of mothers. Yeah, it could like, always be worse. Like, you know what I mean, though? Like, give, give me somebody innovative. Give me somebody who you know, isn't a retread within the league. I mean, I, I give LeBron James the, the GM tag, right? Let's just give him the title. We can make it a trade. Player manager is a thing that happens from time to time, right? Uh, it, it happens in, in, in international soccer. Like, why can't we have a player GM? It'd be fine. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, uh, we know coach GM doesn't work out. Uh, see Stan Van Gundy. But I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is weird. I just don't want it to be another retread. That's my only problem. If it happens and that's what we get stuck with, I don't know if that's any better because then it's just a puppet, right? Like, then you're. it looks like you're trying to bring in another, you know, league circle stability guy to kind of salvage whatever free agency options you thought you might have had prior to, to this story breaking. Well, I don't know. The only I, thing I the, will say there is, I mean, this could be your chance to land the the free agent. You bring in... 
you bring in whoever the hell you got to bring in to if you think you can make that happen. Um, it just so happens that as much as we you know we kind of like to criticize Colangelo, I think he is probably well positioned to deal with you know the whole reason we're like okay maybe we'll like maybe we'll not hate completely on Colangelo. I mean one of the main reasons because when it came time to do this, you actually had confidence that giving his standing in the league this would actually help him. Um, you know, help the Sixers that it, it sucks now. It sucks for this to happen now. Um, that said, it seems like, you know, you got Rashawn, uh, Holmes laughing on Twitter and beat. I mean, I don't think you don't get the sense even before this, that like the players were too eager to be in his corner. Um, you know, you never got the sense that any of these guys really love Brian Colangelo by any stretch. So, uh, maybe, maybe there's nothing to that anyway. I love the fact that, uh, uh, one of the tweets that had gone out from a Colangelo account was kind of hinting at the the idea that I, th- I think it was one of the accounts or it was one of the alleged commenters uh, that were supposedly him was that Ben Simmons wouldn't have come to Philadelphia if it hadn't been for Brian Colangelo replacing Sam Hinkie that he like would have forced his way to the Lakers like that's nonsense to me there is not a player in this league or a player coming out of college who cares that much about the GM that they wouldn't go to a team like that's nonsense. I know that, like, in the past, the narrative had been run that Chris Epps Porzingis' agent didn't want him to sign with the Sixers because of Sam Hinkie, which didn't make sense. That wasn't ultimately what that was. That was a log jam uh, at the position, and the agent was the same agent as Nerlens Noel. Um, misinformation gets spread all the time. But uh, if if you're a player and you're signing for a GM, uh, I, I don't know what you're thinking. It's not somebody that you're going to deal with on a daily basis. You're obviously going to put some weight into your coach. You're going to want to put some weight into the players that are around you. You want to make sure that the guy isn't a total incompetent buffoon or, or a stooge or somebody who's like going to be there well, for a couple I, I will of years before they inevitably fail. I want to ex- respectfully disagree with you on that because there was, there was definitely sentiment um, that Sam Hinkie, you know, is, is someone who is trying this long rebuild. If you're not confident that he's going to even attempt to put a team around you or even, you know, worse, potentially, you know, jettison you and waste two years of your career and kick you down the road. So I don't know if the Simmons thing is true or not, but I I don't think it's a far-fetched scenario that that players would not have wanted to come to the Sixers coming out of college. I I think that's probably well-documented that a number of players, including Okafor, most likely didn't want to be here in the beginning because you had a guy overseeing it who had seemingly had no interest in winning. And I know we could debate the, you know, the fact of the strategy and the process and all that, but I don't. I think your your notion that you're not playing for a, a GM is, is flawed. Ultimately, that's the guy who kind of controls your career uh, and can send you packing at the, at the drop of a hat. So I, I don't think that's free unreasonable. Agents, free comment. agents have signed with uh, with inept. Sure, but this, it's not past. about being inept. The Sixers were a unique situation where they were willing to willingly willing to lose and willing to just play fast and loose with, you know, every human being that walked in the building and, and treating them as an asset like that. If there is one, dan- you know, thing that, that strike against Hinky and their method, it's, it's that, that, you know, you ultimately yeah, agents have- hated the fact that, that Hinky didn't want to sign their, their middling free agents. Well, to, I, uh, I think they hated the, the fact that, that, was, that they treated human beings like they were, you know, look, it's the NBA players get traded all the time, but I, th- I think they, you know, he, they were treating human beings in some cases like assets. And yeah, that, that wouldn't have happened with someone like Simmons. But, you know, I, I think the concern was at least reasonable that the Sixers were, you know, even though we liked the process, were occasionally a little reckless and fast and loose with people's careers. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that's a 
I don't think it's an unreasonable I mean, now, thing you, to say. Do you go out and sign David Griffin? Do you want David Griffin to uh, to run your team if that means you get LeBron James? I I think you do. I think you sign LeBron James's mom to be your GM if that's what it takes. <laughs> like it it doesn't matter. It, look, you see what he's doing with Cleveland. It doesn't matter. It, you could get anybody as long as LeBron James is on this team and you already have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The Sixers win the championship next year. By the way, it's that simple. That was that was one thing that I think we missed. I don't know. Maybe that'll be a post later. So TMZ caught up with Ben Simmons. Uh, I think at at LAX, maybe on his way to go visit his new girlfriend, Kendall Jenner, um, and he had been asked about, you know, would you want to play with LeBron James? And it's one of those awkward TMZ, you know, like roll-ups. And Ben Simmons, obviously, is somebody who doesn't like to be approached by by mere peasants. Um, but it was him and I, I guess his his brother, if I remember correctly, from the the documentary that's kind of like his his right-hand man. Um, and he had, uh, the guy from TMZ had said, you know, can you play with LeBron James? Is it somebody that you would want to play with? And he said, there's only one way to find out. And then he said, you know, if you have a chance to play with a great player, you know, that's what you do. And the guy kind of fanboyed out about how he's a big Sixers fan and all that. But uh, that was that was one thing that kind of, I think it was yesterday that that happened. So, man, I was hoping to lead a show with uh, Kendall Jenner, but no, have to lead it with Brian Colangelo. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm glad that we got to have this conversation. So um, I, anything else that you want to hit before we go? Probably not. We'll recap Friday. Nope. See if anything else pops up. So you think that he's going to be let go by the afternoon? That's what you said. Yeah. You said early, early press release and stuff leaks. Yeah, that would be my my opinion. I could see. I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he makes it through the day here, unless the because he's either got some sort of evidence that this definitely wasn't him, or he's just going to have to. You know, I don't know. I'm trying to reverse the universe uh, karma on this. Not only do I think that Brian Colangelo is not going to lose his job. I think he's going to go out and sign LeBron James and win executive of the year. So there. That's what's going to happen, Kyle. Mark right. my words. It'll be real awkward if he keeps his job, Read signs my LeBron, lips. and then the the post-games, the post-championship celebrations next year showing Colangelo hugging the players. That would be fun. Yep. It'd just be uh, very strange. Very, very strange stuff. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Joel start giving the, uh, I don't know if you saw after the We're Cavs gonna need a shirt won. We're going to for this too, by the way. Yeah, after the Cavs won the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, all the players were shaking the owner's hands, uh, Dan Gilbert's hand. Yes, I mentioned LeBron it. And LeBron walked right by it. And I mentioned it very... 30 minutes ago. Did you? Yes. I said this uh. isn't like, you know, this isn't like, I said players can whatever without, you know, liking executives. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot going on. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right, that's right. today's going to be an exciting day. So uh, we will be back on Friday. Don't forget to go check out Crossed Up, Snow the Goalie, Crossing Broad FC, and It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia, which, uh, by the way, is going to have its 50th epi- episode uh, this weekend with uh, Kevin Kincaid and a special guest, apparently. So uh, keep an eye out for that and ear out for that. Uh, until Friday, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. That's Kyle at Crossing Broad. We will talk to you again on Friday.